Hi everyone! Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Uncovering Indonesia. I'm Reina and I'm Calista, and today, as promised, we will be discussing what has been a trending topic for the past week: the RUU PKS or the Rancangan Undang-Undang Penghapusan Kekerasan Seksual, or in English translation, the Sexual Violence Eradication Bill. So today we'll be talking about why it's a refreshing issue, what the bill actually contains, its importance, why has there been so many oppositions towards the RUPKS, and what we can do to help. That's right. So some of you may have seen the hashtag #SahkanRUPKS, which is basically a call uh, to pass the sexual violence eradication bill after the legislators or the DPR decided to exclude this bill from the priority list of the prolegnas this year and postponing it to next year. I mean, <gasps> can you believe that? That's insane, like honestly. And <laughs> this <laughs> angered not just us, but a lot of people because we've all been waiting for this bill to pass for a really long time. It's been four years. They've been delivering it for four years and it's always been postponed. And people thought that this was the year that's finally going to get deliberated and approved. Yet again, it's postponed. So a lot of people got upset and they got even more upset when they found out the reason. Did you know what that was? Why? What was it? They literally said that it was too difficult to discuss and that's why they postponed it. Mic drops like wow oh my gosh understandably of course this angered so many people. I mean come on it's four years it's been since 2016 by the working group yeah. of DPR. Yeah. I can't believe it. I mean, I'm pretty upset at their reasoning to say it's difficult. I mean, I'm pretty sure all the activists and victims of women's are because what's actually difficult, I would say, is the healing process that the victims have to go through. I mean, data on sexual violence is everywhere and cases are continuously increasing. So how can they say it's difficult when what about everything that's happening to these women? You know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah, I know, right? I mean, I'm also really, really disappointed by their reasoning. And, you know, I think that's enough time. Four years is definitely enough time to discuss it. It definitely is. Yeah. It really is. And after all, I think as our representatives, they should be prioritizing our protection by passing this bill. Our protection, the victim's protection. Mm -hmm. But, you know, before we rant about this any further, <laughs> let's just explain to our listeners a little bit about lawmaking in Indonesia just to give them an idea of what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. So, guys, for those of you listening, the process of making law happen in Indonesia is actually regulated in law number 12 of 2011 as amended in law number 15. Now, in this regard, the DPR has the power to make the laws. It starts off as a bill proposed by the president, the DPR, or the DPR themselves. And this would be included in the National Legislation Program, or which Reina mentioned as Prolegnas. And each year, they determine which laws will be put on the priority list or what would be enacted that year. That's right. Now, if the RUPKS was still part of the priority list this year, mm. the bill would be discussed and it would proceed through phases of deliberation. Now, afterwards, the members would then hold a vote on whether or not to pass the bill. And if the members approve the bill, the president would then endorse it and they would enact it as law. Mm, I get it. So, okay, tell me, right, now that they've excluded it from the priority list, how does that make you feel? Like, what are your thoughts? Like, when I first heard about it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, I personally was really upset because I've been waiting for this bill to pass, right? Mm -hmm. And I think... 
the country really needs to urgently address the issue of sexual violence. Cases continue to rise, but a lot of the perpetrators are still running free. And, you know, I think part of the problem is that the current criminal code does not recognize all forms of sexual violence. Really? They don't? No. It only recognizes rape and assault, which is Chabulan. And the thing is, Kyle, there are so many more forms of sexual violence than mm-hmm. just that, like sexual harassment. Where does that go? Like, I think it needs to be addressed as a crime as well. And this is exactly what the Eropekais does. It regulates the punishment for the perpetrators and provides protection and justice for the victims, which, to my knowledge, no other law has comprehensively addressed so far. So the problem is, with every minute of delay in getting this bill passed, more people would be likely to fall victim to sexual violence and more victims would be prevented from getting justice. And I think this is what's really concerning. Um, what about you, Cal? Me too. I mean, from the very fact that you said they only recognize two forms of sexual harassment or sexual violence in the criminal code is insane. And I think the worst part is this is doing all these things that we think is sexual violence. It's not just the only form. You know, every day, like, we get cat called when we're walking down the street. I mean, I've had a friend yeah. who was literally going home from school. So she was wearing her uniform, her school uniform and everything. It was just a skirt, a top, nothing more. She was walking home, and she was about to cross the road, and then suddenly this guy in a motorcycle goes up behind her and then grabs her butt, literally cups it, and what? then leaves. Can you believe that? that that's really horrible. And that's the worst part, because if we were to say it, of course it's awful. Yeah. But I think everyone would be like, that's the hazard of walking as a woman. And it's not even in Indonesia. It's everywhere that we see. What's the one thing? Always have key in your hands just in case some, something happens. Use it as a form of self-defense. Always protect yourself, which are very good things to do. But why is it that it has to be women who are protecting ourselves? And what about the perpetrators themselves? I get what you mean. I think the problem is it's not how we should walk, how we should dress. It's that those who harass us, Mm. they should be accounted for. They shouldn't be doing that. Preach. Right? Preach. So, And that's exactly one of the many reasons, all the things that you're talking about. That's the reason why the Erpekas needs to be passed. Mm -hmm. We needed to protect us from sexual harassment like this because it recognizes nine forms of sexual violence, right? Mm -hmm. Like sexual harassment, sexual exploitation, rape, forced contraception, forced abortions, forced marriage, forced prostitution, sexual slavery, sexual torture. Now, all of this, if all of these forms of sexual violence are recognized as a crime and the actions can be taken against the perpetrators, they would refrain from doing it. I totally agree. I think a lot of us are really curious about the sexual harassment one that you were just saying, because again, it happens everywhere and to everyone. I mean, women, men, everyone. But so how does the bill actually define it, Ray? Right. Um, The fact that it happens to a lot of people makes it a pressing issue. Now, it's addressed in Article 12 which recognizes sexual harassment as a crime and define it as sexual violence in the form of physical or non-physical act related to a body part or sexual desires, which results in the victim feeling intimidated, insulted, degraded, or humiliated. The thing is, the bill also provides the consequences to perpetrators. So if the harassment is non-physical, the perpetrator would be put in criminal rehabilitation. Now, this could be 
um, sexual advances, requesting sexual favors, everything that's verbal. Mm. But if it's not verbal or physical, the perpetrator can be imprisoned for up to three years. And under certain circumstances, like if there was uh, bruising, the victim's condition, if they were hurt, the jail sentence can be even longer. So the case with your friend, because, you know, the guy touched her butt, butt. grabbed her butt, making her feel really traumatized and degraded and humiliated, that can totally count as sexual harassment. And that is what we need to be regulated. That's amazing. I was really... I mean, if it protects us that much, we need it now, wouldn't you say? I mean, okay, you mentioned earlier, I heard that it protects the victim's rights too. So if we're able to apply for these things, we're able to process it. What other rights are we given under the bill? The victims? Yeah. Yeah. So another important issue uh, is how victims are treated right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. A lot of them are blamed. A lot of them are humiliated and sometimes even criminalized. Really? Which is, yeah, which is not okay because it prevents them from wanting to speak up. Of course. And the thing is that Erupekas, it provides these victims rights, the rights to protection from abuse, violence, humiliation. It also gives them the rights to legal and medical assistance and helps them get justice and recover. But this is just a few. Mm-hmm. Um, for all of our listeners, if you want to learn more about it, there's so many more rights and we will you know, outline some of these in our Instagram page. Yeah. So don't forget to head on to at uncovering.indonesia. That's right. It's all going to be there. And check it out. But I think it's it's amazing because I think it's really necessary for this because so many victims of sexual violence in Indonesia and I think everywhere, a lot of cases, they're afraid to report them because of the social stigma and the victim blaming culture. I mean, it's always like, oh, what outfit were you wearing? What were you saying? Did you do anything that was provocative or even hand gesture, you know? And for example, when they report their case to law enforcement, it's like, it's always going to be that case. There's never going to actually be who was the perpetrator? What was he wearing? How did he do it? That's their first question. What were you wearing? How did you look that day? What were you wearing? Makeup? Were you too pretty or something like that? Yeah, and I think that is ridiculous because you know how data actually shows that victims of sexual violence were actually fully clothed when that happened. Mm-hmm, I know. So it has nothing to do with your with how you dress. And unless he's a fashion police, <laughs> He shouldn't be asking stuff like that, especially to victims. And, you know, that reminds me, uh, this is another thing that Ed Rebecca's addresses. It's how law enforcement should act when they process the cases for the victims of sexual violence. If you see in the bill, if I'm not mistaken, in Article 24, mm-hmm. it prohibits law enforcement from degrading or humiliating and stigmatizing the victims. By asking what you're wearing, by asking if you were just reckless, that is, you know, somehow an element of victim blaming. And yeah. that's why a lot of victims are hesitant about coming forward. They're scared. And I think if he wants to be a fashion police, just go get my brother. He does that to us every day. You know, <laughs> when he says, well, often, why are you wearing this? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's just like to wear fashion because he thinks we have that style. Yeah. But I think this is really important. I mean, there I know cases where victims are actually humiliated and tortured. And that's why you say they refrain from act, taking action and reporting. Yeah. I remember the Legal Aid Foundation of the Indonesian Women's Association for Justice even found that fewer than 5%, I mean, can you believe that? 5% of the record, recorded sexual violence cases have been legally processed 
So this means that, and from Salbang sampai Merauke, all of them, there are so many other cases and victims that are afraid to speak up. This is, for me, this is really, really alarming. And data has also shown that during this pandemic, sexual violence victims are more vulnerable during the quarantine. And if the, luckily, if the bill is passed, they will be protected from all of that. Because again, they're still going to be with the perpetrators. They have nowhere else to go. You know, they're scared. Exactly. And again, this is definitely a huge problem in Indonesia. Um, like, for example, did you hear about that woman who tried to seek justice against sexual harassment? by recording that act on her phone. I remember, we were actually talking about it when I was interning at the yes, law firm. Yeah. It was and, such a big issue. And instead, she was humiliated and charged with a six-month jail sentence, oh if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. and a fine. Now, thankfully, the president granted her amnesty. But other cases, women were not so lucky. They were either criminalized, humiliated, or mentally and emotionally tortured. And, you know, I'm really hoping that this RUPKS gets enacted soon so that if they know they would be protected under the law, they would feel more comfortable about speaking up and getting the justice they deserve. Now, even if it hasn't been enacted, if you've experienced any form of sexual violence, please don't be afraid to speak up. There are lots of institutions and forums that can assist you, they can help you heal and process your case, such as the National Commission on Women's Rights, and, you know, if you want to talk about it, we're here for you. And that's right. You can always shoot us a DM and whatnot. But I think the same goes if for those of you who have witnessed the incident itself. Please don't be afraid to report this. I think, if I'm not mistaken, the Erobekas also protects the informer, right? Or the, like, right. the whistleblower. Yeah, yeah. So if a case has been reported and it's processed, now, hopefully, what does the Erobekas actually say about the litigation process, right? So it regulates the elements of litigation process, like reporting, investigation, mm -hmm. prosecution, and the court proceeding itself. But I think an interesting one is evidence. Ah. So a victim's statement is enough to prove that the defendant is guilty if it's accompanied by one other concrete evidence. And this can be a statement from the psychologist, uh, medical record, examination, and electronic-based information. Mm. Well, that's amazing. I think that so much makes it so much easier for us to process it. Yeah. So, but if they do say get charged, if they go to jail, but then I guess that is, do they go to jail? What are the sanctions that they're gonna face? Just like the perpetrators of sexual harassment, um, the perpetrators of other forms of sexual violence mm -hmm. would also face criminal rehabilitation or imprisonment. Now, the imprisonment can be up to twenty years, depending on the severity of the crime and the circumstances. This is all provided in Chapter 13 of the bill. It lays out all of the punishments for the perpetrators committing each type of sexual violence. So it's very straightforward and detailed. Okay, now then let's talk about the other side. We'll be the devil's advocate here. There has been so many reasons. I mean, like, there's got to be. Why it took so long for the Erupekas to be approved and enacted as law? So I read statements from some of them, and they said they're not certain about the title mm. and that the definition of sexual violence is too broad and too ambiguous and could create controversies. Now, I heard a lot of people added on this. This is also a lot of their concerns mm -hmm. because they're scared of what they call false allegations. They say, I don't want my reputation ruined. What about these false allegations, the fact that these definition is so broad, women can just easily allege someone or a man of 
of sexual harassment and it yeah. can happen to anyone. But the thing is, you guys, false allegations can happen to any crime. Yeah. That's why we have a legal system. We need to remember that this law and our criminal procedure law requires at least two evidence. It's the basic principle of Indonesian law. Dua, two, guys. Exactly. <laughs> we, we recognize what's called the unis testis, nullis testis, which in Latin, it means one evidence is not an evidence. So a victim's testimony is not enough. It needs to be accompanied by at least another concrete evidence. And you guys, we need to also remember, there's a whole investigation process that is done before anything else happens. Mm -hmm. If you're not guilty and you know you haven't done anything wrong, you really shouldn't be worried about, you know, allegations mm -hmm. and about this bill passing. Because we need to remember that it's just not just about us. It's about people who have been severely hurt as well. Yeah. And it's about mitigating other people from getting hurt as well, yeah. from all of these Preach, of sexual course. violence mm -hmm. crimes. Again, speaking of legislators, Cal, uh, on Thursday, we'll have a really interesting guest speaker. Mm -hmm. We'll have Ooh. Rahayu Saraswati Joyo Hadikusumo, or familiar known as Sarah. Mm -hmm. She was wow. a member of the DPR for the term 2014 and 2019. And she was part of the working group that fought for the passing of the RUPKS. She is one of the fierce female lawmakers who have consistently lobbied the House to pass the bill. So we'll get to hear from her more about why it's not being passed and that she can share us her insights about how why it's been taking so long to be approved and the challenges she's faced in fighting for this bill to pass. I gotta tell you right now, I'm so excited for it happening on Thursday. Like, I cannot believe my like hand is tingling. I can feel, see the fur standing up on me. <laughs> but I think I'm aware that other than legislators, of course, the citizens, they have a voice and some are really opposing this bill. I know that, I think there was a conservative party that was really against it because yeah. they thought that it promoted, you know, adultery, free sex, LB LGBT orientations and on the other side, I also heard that a lot of people oppose it because of the crim it criminalizes marital rape. I mean, you know, having consent still requires consent. Exactly. <laughs> and they should, and this is the funnest part you want to hear, guys, listeners, honestly, they say that it shouldn't be criminalized, marital rape, because men believed they should be serviced. <laughs> like, as it's a form That's of ridiculous. transaction. That is ridiculous. Like, wow. I didn't know we were in transactions as marriage. Just <laughs> Exactly. And I think, I think there's a lot of people should remember that when you're married, it doesn't mean that consent goes out the window. Exactly. You need to have consent in every type of relationship you're yep. in and whatever you do. Yep. Especially even when you're married. Yeah. So marital rape is still a thing. And it still should be a crime. Exactly. I think we should remember the law does not say that the way you do things as a married is excluded when you when once you're married, you know? Exactly. Like, it's an equal or it's a partnership at yeah. the very least. Y'all both have a say exactly. in it. And y'all both have a say in how you wanna condone those things. Yeah. <laughs> and I know so many this is the worst part. I know so many cases where wives are tortured and forced into submission. Yeah. And sometimes they end up getting killed. I mean, imagine what they must be going through with this pandemic. As I said, they're more vulnerable. That's why I feel is that needs to change. We really, really need to do something about it. And I strongly believe that the Eropaikas can help save and protect them. Yeah, so that's, yeah, so that brings us to the topic of what we can do. 
Now, you guys, since the bill has been removed from this year's priority list, we need to ensure that it stays in the 2021 priority list. If we want to, this bill to pass, we need to change the minds of the legislators. We can you know, continue our online campaigns, mm. spread information on the importance of the bill, yeah. publish the data of sexual violence to show the urgency of the issue. But you know, we also need to remember that legislative change is only half the battle. The important thing is the campaign for social change. If you can't change the law, change the mindset. So it's th- it all starts with us. Don't give up in creating the political will of the people. Even though the legislature has paused, we need to, again, act on it. We need yeah. to build the awareness that this is not okay, that this is a crime. And once we've done that, campaigning for social change, we it can be supported by the legislature change. Yeah. You know, I actually love that phrase. If you can't change the law, change the mindset. Yeah. I think that's so important. I think I feel like, I don't know why, but the minute you said that, it reminded me of Elle Woods in Legally Blonde. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to you. I know she said something like that. I think it was in her second movie. Yeah. But I agree with you. I mean, just last week, even it's not enough for some groups of people to spread the word. As a collective, we and as citizens and residents of Indonesia, we need to speak up and be on the same page. I mean, last week I just signed the RUPKS, like, have it in the prolegnas. Yeah, we need to sign that, guys. Yeah, and guys, we have the chance to urge these legislators, change their minds so that they will immediately pass the bill. I mean, under law, it says itself, the reason why laws are made in such a vague manner is because they want to continuously meet up to the developments of society. This is one of them. This is what we can do right now. Yeah. So you've heard what we can do. You've heard why it's an urgent topic, why it's an urgent bill to be passed. Mm -hmm. You've heard about the opposition. Now it's time for you guys to make a choice, make a choice, make a change. Yeah. Learn more about it. You, again, you can read the bill or you can read our summary on our page, figure out what these rights are, figure out what your rights are and how you'll be protected. Mm -hmm. Trust me when you read it, you'll finally feel at ease yeah. and you'll really feel how urgently we need this bill to pass. I think once we realize a lot of the laws that's actually trying to be implemented here, that's for a good cause. It is. It's something that's also been practiced in other countries, you exactly. know, so we're not the only ones in this fight. Yeah. This is something that's happening globally and yeah. Indonesia is now taking a stance. So guys, take that stance with us. That's right. And don't forget to go through our Instagram again, she said, at uncovering.indonesia. Once again, I'm Reina. And I'm Calista. Thanks for Uncovering Indonesia with us.